This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. I have been around Buccaneer football for 35 years, either as a fan in the stands or now over the course of the last 20 plus years as part of the game day broadcast or the actual game broadcast in the locker room, hosting shows, on the call of these different games. The only thing I can tell you, Buccaneer fans, was that was amazing. As regular season games go, Sunday afternoon, September the 9th, 2018, was one of the more incredible regular season performances for the Buccaneers ever. I know the playoffs weren't on the line, the division wasn't on the line, it's an opening day game. But to be in that Superdome uh, in the Bayou on Sunday and to see what the Buccaneers did, especially on offense repeatedly while facing adversity, which we'll get to coming up, incredible. And it will be talked about for years. Oh, welcome in. Hello. Brand new venture launching as part of Buccaneers.com and Buccaneers Radio. It is nothing but Bucks a podcast that is only going to talk about your favorite team. Look, we have every preconceived notion. We have every belief that if you are clicking this podcast and downloading it and subscribing to it, it's for one reason, that you are interested first, foremost, and always in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we're glad that you're here and we're going to be here throughout this NFL season talking nothing but Bucks. I am your somewhat lucid Mostly capable, somewhat rested, but in st- extremely enthused and energized host, TJ Reeves. And uh, look, again, we have come back from New Orleans on Sunday afternoon uh, and into Sunday evening. And, and even I had to sit and look at the stat sheet and look at the play-by-play and, and, and recounting of all the different things that happened because after the fifth or the sixth, or the 27th thing that goes on in a game, it all starts to meld together. What what happened when? In what order? How did it happen? Here's the bottom line. 48 points on opening day. For, 48 points, period. But 48 points on opening day. With a 14-year veteran, Ryan Fitzpatrick, at the controls, the Buccaneers look like Something out of a video game, out of PlayStation, Xbox, Madden. It was amazing at field level, and I get the privilege of being down there at field level to watch his composure, to watch his accuracy, and to watch those weapons do their do their thing and damage the Saints repeatedly, demoralize them repeatedly on Sunday to the tune of Fitzpatrick throwing for over 400 yards, throwing for four touchdowns, running for another one, Uh, An amazing day. So, all right, let me set the table for what all we're going to have for you on Nothing But Bucks. This is what you can come to expect on this podcast every time that you're tuning in. You're going to get a complete recap. I'm giving you a little bit of a recap right now, but a complete recap of what happened in terms of highlights and post-game interviews. Another thing that we are big about is interaction. So I'm saying it here on the podcast. You'll find me on social media all the time. Twitter handle is easy, at Buck Sideline Guy, B-U-C, at Buck Sideline Guy. A lot of people get confused that it's two S's. It's not Buck's Sideline Guy. It is singular, at Buck Sideline Guy. You can also use the hashtag Buck's Radio, and I will see your comments as we go along. So follow me on Twitter. 
You can also use that hashtag BucksRadio, and I will see comments and questions. couple of rules with that. Keep it clean, please. If you have any uh, hope of me considering to look at, much less discuss what you've written, keep it clean. Be an adult. We're not in the third grade. We're not in the eighth grade, teeheeing in the hallway because we know swear words. Keep it clean. Win or lose as part of Nothing But Bucks. And I'll get to some of your comments, some of your questions. And a lot of you have uh, various ones about what went on. Most of you should be rejoicing because as we sit here in the, in the aftermath of weekend number one of the NFL, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are tied for first in the NFC South. That's right. The Bucs at 1-0, the Carolina Panthers at 1-0, and the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints at 0-1. It's early, yes, but you want to go get a win, and how about a road win in the division to start your season? Thank you very much. The Bucs are thrilled to have that, that's for sure. All right, so I, I've now set the table. Let's get to the juicy stuff. Let's relive some of what went on. Uh, in the Superdome. I I don't have time, uh, even though they've said to me on the podcast, take as long as you want. I mean, this is always what management types will say. You know, you're doing a podcast and we would like for you to be uh, energetic and enthusiastic and take as long as you want. Well, what does that mean, take as long as I want? Does that mean that if I want to take two and a half hours, that would be acceptable? Oh, no, 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 of course not. We can't take two and a half hours on the podcast. Nobody's going to listen that long. Well, what if... Uh, On certain occasions, it's like 27 minutes, if that's how long I end up taking. Uh, Apparently, that's okay, too. We'll find out in the coming days, in the coming weeks, on length of the pot. But I have been given the instruction. I have been given the leeway and the freedom here on Nothing But Bucks. Take as long as you want. And my God, after yesterday in New Orleans... On a Monday, we're going to take as long as we want to savor these highlights coming up courtesy of Buccaneers Radio. Mean Gene Deckerhoff in his 30th season, Buccaneer uh, legend in terms of the play-by-play calls. He's known everywhere, all over the NFL. And and I can dare say in Gene's 30 years, he's gotten to call a Super Bowl win. He's gotten to call wild and crazy primetime games, Monday night football games, Huge victories, milestones all across the board, spanning four decades now doing Bucks play-by-play. But even Gene, if he was here with me on Nothing But Bucks, and he probably will be on a future episode, he would be the first one to tell you for an opening day, for an opening game, that kind of mayhem, offense, craziness, shootout, on the road, hostile environment, uh, that, uh, that was in his 30 years of doing opening day games, that one may very well have topped it. it. It was something to behold. So let's get to the highlights with Gene, with our 15-year veteran from the Buccaneers and in the NFL. Dave Moore is the analyst. I was down on the sideline. Let's get to it. All right, look, I, I would love to tell you that this game got off to the scripted start, the tremendous start that the Buccaneers were hoping for. But as we get into the highlights, that did not happen. The Saints marched right down the field after the opening kickoff and right away got into the end zone with Alvin Kamara and the crowd was going nuts with a 7-0 New Orleans lead. So as we get into the highlights, do you think, honest to God, that I was going to begin with a Saints highlight? Of course not. So with the game 7 to nothing, this is nothing but Bucks. With the game 7 to nothing, the Bucks had to answer. And the Bucks did answer with a tremendous 68-yard lightning-quick drive that concluded right here. 
Play action fake dropping is Fitzpatrick. Throws a deep ball. Downfield got a wide open receiver. In daylight, the 20 yard line. Deshaun Jackson, 10 5, 3 2 1. Touchdown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers with a long ball, and the beard beats the secondary. 58 yard, and that's the kind of play we thought DJAC would have when we brought him into the program last year. Oh, have we been waiting to see that. Get Deshaun Jackson behind the defense. Get him the football over the top. A 58-yard touchdown. Do you know this? In the last five years of the NFL, there's only one guy, one guy that has the most 50-plus yard catches in the National Football League. I believe it is now 19 and counting. I think that is the number. I'll have to double check. Again, all of my facts, my figures, it's all a blur at this point. I just know this. In the last five seasons, Deshaun Jackson's got more 50-plus yard catches than any receiver in the NFL in that time frame. And we saw it there yesterday. So immediately, what that did is it quieted the crowd. Everything quieted down after that bomb. And yes, the Saints continued to score. They drove down. Bucks held them to a field goal. Bucks got the ball back, got on the move, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick was so locked in, converting third downs on that uh, second drive. And then down around the goal line at 35 years of age, I'm going to show you my wheels. Shotgun formation from the three. First and goal. It's uh, play action fake by Fitzpatrick. Runs to the three, two, one. He has a Tampa Bay touchdown. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Those old legs aren't that old. He scoots three yards. He faked the handoff. And Fitzpatrick took a pretty big shot when he took it in. Fitzpatrick with the rushing touchdown. And the Buccaneers led 14 to 10. Saints would march back down the field again. Only four plays for Drew Brees to get them back in the end zone on a touchdown pass to Ted Ginn. 17-14, the lead for New Orleans. Now, why would that be significant? Because the Bucs would start rolling at that point in the second quarter. I mean, they were rolling already, but I mean really rolling from then on. And after the Ginn touchdown, uh, a quick drive of nine plays, 60 yards, about three and a half off the clock, and a field goal by Chandler Cantonzero ends up tying the game at 17. Bucks then get a three and out. Vinny Curry got a sack in that mix, get the ball back. The Bucks then drive into Saints territory inside the red zone and then one of the throws of the day. Again, these throws can get lost in all the mayhem of the bombs and the touchdowns, but how, how stinking good was this Ryan Fitzpatrick touchdown? Here's the snap, dropping Fitzpatrick, goes to the right side, it is a caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay, caught inbounds I believe, Chris Godwin has given the Buccaneers a touchdown lead. Mean Gene Deckerhoff on the call, Dave Moore, our radio analyst, uh, we were all going nuts, it's 24-17 at that point, and then a huge, huge momentum swinging play would come on the defensive side of the ball, the Saints come back out, now trailing 24-17, and they had just signed this running back, Mike Gillisley, former Florida Gator, former New England Patriots, was uh, Patriot uh, running back, was released on the final cuts last weekend when the cutdown happened to 53. Saints signed him over the weekend, got him up off of waivers, signed him to a one-year deal after a workout, passed their physical. He was in the game in the second quarter, trying to figure it out in Sean Payton's offense. And that's when this happened. From the Saints, 32. Four-man front, threatened blitz by a corner. Here's the toss pitch, running to the left side. Bucks read that toss pitch. Tackle made at the 34-yard. Bubble football, scooped up by the Bucks far sideline. To the 10, Evans, just Evans has a touchdown, Tampa Bay. Bubble football, scooped and scored down the right sideline. Justin Evans, a second-year safety from Penn State. And the Buccaneers lead by two touchdowns. 
Oh, yeah, a little gator on gator crime. Vernon Hargraves stripping Mike Gillisley and Justin Evans. The former second-round pick safety picks it up and rumbles it in. And at that point, Tampa Bay had rolled off 17 points in a row. Stunning. Stunning to see the turnaround after being down 7-0 with 70-plus thousand Saint fans waving the white towels that they had put on their seats. Well, it turned out those would be the white towels of surrender when this thing was all said and done with what the Buccaneers were able to do. Yes, the Saints got a touchdown just before halftime, and the game was 31-24. But here's the big thing. You know, coming out of the locker room, how would the Buccaneers, who were getting the ball first, respond? I talked to to Dirk Cutter at halftime about, hey, how's Ryan Fitzpatrick playing? He's comfortable. He's accurate. we got to keep it that way. Defensively, though, the coach was saying, we got to get after Alvin Kamara. Uh, you got to find him on the field. we got to tackle better. you got to do better. Here's one of the unsung things from Sunday before we get back to Gene and Dave and the calls and the highlights is that the Buccaneers came out in the third quarter and were actually putting stops together against the New Orleans Saints. That was critical because the Saints had a chance to make adjustments, so too did the Buccaneers, and really throughout the day, the Saints defense only had really one occasion where they forced a Buccaneer punt. The rest of the the rest of the time, the Bucs either scored like they did throughout the first half or knelt on the ball like they did at the end of the first half or knelt on the ball like the end of the game. The Saints really never stopped the Buccaneers other than the one possession from scoring. The Bucs, my point is, stopped the Saints three consecutive possessions in the third quarter. Stopped them on uh, downs, forcing the punch twice, and then the big strip fumble that you'll hear coming up. So Buccaneers got the football, started the second half, marched down the field, kicked a field goal. It's 34-24. They got one of those stops that I was talking about, forced a punt, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick picked up where he left off in the first half with the big play. The Bucs obviously saw something about being able to lock up one-on-one downfield with deep throws, and they found another one right here. There's the snap, third down and six, good protection pass. Down the sideline, oh, receiver is, hey, catch me! Touchdown, Tampa Bay, right over the shoulder to Michael Evans. A great throw on third down by Ryan Fitzpatrick. My goodness, is there anything he can't do today on opening day? A 50-yard bomb. Mike Evans, monster day. You'll hear from him coming up on this Nothing But Bucks podcast about that specific play. Got behind the defense. Again, another humongous touchdown to put the Buccaneers back up by 17 points at this stage at 41-24. to And again, in looking around at the floor of the Superdome, all at the Saints sideline, all around the lower bowl of the stadium, the Saints fans were stunned. They thought when this game began, and they got that early touchdown, that it was going to be blowout Saints. Instead, for the most part, guys and gals, this was blowout Buccaneers. And more confirmation of that would come on the next couple of series. First, uh, Drew Brees finding Michael Thomas here. Michael Thomas, a monstrous day on the field for fantasy football purposes, etc. 16 catches, are you kidding me? Time and again, he was Brees' favorite target for 180 yards. But this is a play that he would love to have back because he caught the ball over the middle... And then the Buccaneers stayed with the play, and it was a huge momentum swing. Breeze out of the gun, drops back to throw. Looks upfield, looks upfield, throws a post. That's caught ball, falling down. Thomas gets up to the 40-yard line. The Buck 30, he fumbled the ball, scooped up by the Buccaneers. Tampa Bay forces the turnover. Michael Thomas is guilty of the fumble, and Ryan Smith scoops it up at the 35-yard line. Second turnover by the Saints of the game. 
Again, Gene and Dave on the call on Buccaneers Radio. Quan Alexander to the strip. Ryan Smith recovers the fumble. Momentum switch again. Buccaneers start driving at the end of the third quarter with a 17-point lead. Begin things at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And once more, Ryan Fitzpatrick looking deep for Deshaun Jackson. Hello. Here's the snap, play action, bootleg roll. Fitzpatrick wants to throw deep down there. He's got Deshaun Jackson in the goal. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Deshaun Jackson. What a throw by a flag thrown back in the backfield. Personal foul. Defense. Roughing the passer. Number 93. Plays a touchdown. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Fitzpatrick laser-like with the passes, especially down the field with touch on the football. I think there was maybe one deep ball the entire day that he would love to have back that was overthrown, where he missed somebody that was potentially open for the big play. Other than that, there were a half dozen other times where the big play down the field was there and the ball was there. That Deshaun Jackson touchdown makes it 48-24. to Let's do the math, kids. Let's add up. Okay, so the Saints led 7-0. The Buccaneers scored 48 of the next 65 points in the game. 48-17, they outscored the Saints in the next two and a half quarters to build a 24-point lead. Look, we knew New Orleans would not lay down at that point. They did not. Breeze continued to gunsling. He's finding Kamara out of the backfield. He's finding Thomas over the middle. Occasional Ted Ginn. They get in the end zone. They get a two-point conversion. The game is now 48-32. Buccaneers had another drive going in the fourth quarter, but then missed the field goal. Chandler Canton Zero. Talk about things you'd like to have back. Missing a field goal that really would have put the game away with about five minutes to go. Instead, the Saints had life. They drove down inside of a minute and a half. They scored again. They got the two. People are getting nervous. I'm getting text messages on the sideline. My wife is upset. My friends, I'm, I'm having to ignore the phone. We're working. I'm, I'm well aware of what is going on, Buccaneer fans. I'm right there. You're texting me. You're tweeting me. The Saints are coming back. Oh, we got to hang on. Can we sack Drew Brees? I'm well aware. I'm right there watching. And that's what Nothing But Bucks is all about. And again, I remind you here as we roll along that uh, you can tweet at me and I'll get to your comments. I'll get to your questions. You can use the hashtag Bucks Radio. Tweet at me at Bucks Sideline Guy. Use the hashtag Bucks Radio. And, uh, and I'll get to your comments. Send those along while the game's going on. We'll use them on Nothing But Bucks when the podcast comes back around here as part of Buccaneers.com. And a reminder, again, you can subscribe to this podcast however you found it through Apple, uh, for, through uh, iTunes, through Google Play, off the Buccaneers website and the mobile app. Download it uh, at your own convenience and listen to it. So, again, send me your messages, but just be aware. I know what's going on. I'm standing right there, just like Gene knows what's going on and Dave knows what's going on and the guys that are working the game in the press box, we're sitting there we're watching we get it and we know that you're anxious and a lot of people were anxious when it was 48 40 but one last time the bucks got the ball and this time ryan fitzpatrick scrambling for a first down on a key third down with the saints out of timeouts here again you got to remember in the blur there were little things that led to big things right before that last two-point conversion down 48 38 with about four minutes left three and a half minutes left the saints took a timeout with the play clock running down in a two-point conversion situation with the clock stopped, they had to use their final timeout, which meant if the Bucks could get one first down, they could essentially kneel on the ball three times and kill two minutes of the clock and kill the game. 
And that's exactly what the Buccaneers were able to do when Fitzpatrick scrambled, got the first down just before the two-minute warning, three kneel downs, and victory for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What an amazing victory. 48-40 to it ends. The highest scoring game for an opening day game involving two teams with 40 points or more ever in the NFL. I mean, there have been apparently a couple of other games where a team got to 50 or more on opening day and the other team had 30-something and it might have been close. But in terms of both teams being in the 40s, not the temperature, that's the scoring, this is the highest scoring game in the history of the NFL on an opening day ever. 99 seasons of pro football, 48-40. to 40, The Buccaneers win. We'll have more on the numbers as this Nothing But Bucks podcast continues here in a few moments. But let's get to the juicy stuff. After this game was over with, I get a, I get a great opportunity to go in that locker room. And look, uh, fans ask me this all the time. What a great job you have. How neat is it for you to get to go in that locker room with a microphone? Well, yeah, of course it's neat when you win. It's tough when it when they lose and these guys don't want to talk. But uh, you know, 999 times out of 1,000, they're professionals and they'll talk anyway when they lose. But on, on a day like, like Sunday, on a day like that win in the Superdome, of course they want to talk. And yes, they did talk after this one was over with, with smiles on the faces everywhere. And first up, the man that finished the day, an incredible 21 of 28 for a career-high 417 yards and four touchdowns, a career day on opening day for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Man, put this in perspective. How did you guys, as a team, do what you did today? Uh, I mean, it started with, training camp and the way that we worked, you know, the weapons that we have. Um, I thought they did a great job and we're on the same page, you know, in terms of throwing some of those deep balls and things. We're doing a nice job with the way that they're running them and the way that we're throwing them. So uh, it all worked out today. Why were you so effective, especially with the deep ball in this game time and again? Uh, I think it's the guys that we have lined up on the outside. You know, we've got some special players and they're tough to guard. So. Uh, we give we're going to give people problems with their matchups because it's not just one guy. There's five or six guys that that we love throwing to. You know the Saints come out and get a touchdown. Best case scenario for them, they've got the crowd in the game. What does it say for the composure, not just of you but the whole team, to come back and play that way the first half and get a halftime lead like you did? I think we're all professionals. I think it, that's what that shows. You know, we didn't get too down. We knew we had to come out and respond and answer and. Confidence in the huddle is a big thing, and we had confidence the whole day. I was going to say, what was being said in the second half? You built the big lead, keep pouring it on. What was being said, if anything, had to be said? Yeah, we, we had to keep putting it on them. You know, we know who's on their team. Uh, you know, Drew Brees, one of the all-time greats, that they were going to be able to put points on the board uh, just because of who he is. So we knew we had to keep our foot on the gas. All right, one more for you. I mean, you've known since training camp that this was going to be the situation. To come out here and perform like this as a 14-year veteran makes it even sweeter? Uh, it does. It does. I mean, I, I had so much fun out there, and I think that's part of it for me this year is just enjoying the ride. You know, that's one of the things we preach of the seven or eight things, and enjoy the ride's a big one for me this year. Ryan, congratulations. Great plan. Thank you. Again, all of these interviews courtesy of Buccaneers Radio. And as soon as I talked with Ryan about, and the look in his eye, by the way, by the way, I'm right there a couple feet away from the beard. The beard is tremendous. I don't know that I could grow a beard if I had to. If I was somehow under duress, the uh, my life being threatened, try to grow a beard, I can sort of get a little facial hair growing. 
you know, perhaps like the old AstroTurf had a little bit of turf and it was actually really concrete that was painted green. I can get a little bit of the Ryan Fitzpatrick has like the lion mane going and the beard was where it's trademark. And the beard was working yesterday. The bearded one was working yesterday. Tremendous to stand there up close to the beard. Tremendous for that 14-year veteran to have a day like that. Um, Fantastic football played by him. And then I walked right over to number 13, Mike Evans, who is hungry. Did you see that shadow boxing uppercut after the touchdown? It was an uppercut from Mike Evans in that third quarter on that long touchdown catch. A tremendous day from him. Uh, here were his thoughts immediately after it was over at the Superdome. Congratulations. Same question that I just asked to Ryan Fitzpatrick. How did this team as a team do what it did today? Um, the work was put in. Training camp, preseason, uh, we carried it over, and uh, we just made our plays. We executed. Uh, we played hard to the end, and uh, we got the W. Uh, can you say enough about Ryan Fitzpatrick back here at the controls and putting touch on the ball? I know you're shaking your head. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's nothing. He played phenomenal. So I hope I hope people had him on his fan, on their fantasy team, because he he went he went crazy today, man. And he he ran and uh, made plays with his legs and his arm. Uh, awesome game by him. One of the most complete games I've seen from a quarterback. The long one that you threw that he threw to you in the third quarter, late in the third quarter, was a huge touchdown. Describe the play. Um, it was, I mean, one on one coverage, um, no safety help, and I like I like those odds. And Fitz Fitz obviously did. Uh, threw me a great ball, ran under it, and scored. Such a frustrating season last year. To come here on the road against a division rival and play this well across the board, what does that mean for this team? Uh, we just, we're just want to know. That's what it means. Um, we're going to enjoy this, um, watch the film, correct the things we need to correct. And uh, we got Philly, the Super Bowl champs, the reigning Super Bowl champs, coming uh, to our house next weekend. So we got to prepare well for them. Mike, thank you. Thank you. Evans targeted seven times, seven catches, 147 yards, the one touchdown time and again on third down, enormous catches from Mike Evans, and uh, just part of the Buccaneer fantastic day throwing and catching the football. All right, you want some more of the postgame conversations? How about the job done by Justin Evans on that fumble return? Second year safety out of Texas A&M. Right there to make the play. The momentum swinging fumble return touchdown late in the first half. Part of a 17 unanswered point run by the Bucks. What was it like seeing Ryan Fitzpatrick go out there? I mean, have the performance that he did. I mean, he's fish magic. I mean, he he stepped up when he needed to step up. That's all coaches talk about. Make the plays when you're supposed to, and he did. Justin, we've joined you late. You had an enormous play, as it turns out, in this game with a fumble return for a touchdown. Just describe what happened on the play and what you did. Uh, I mean, um, I think it was Vern who actually punched it out, so uh, shout out to him. But, I mean, I just saw it on the ground, scooped it, and, and went for the score. What does it say for this team after they marched down the field and got a quick touchdown to compose itself and play the way that you guys did, really, for the next three and a half quarters? I mean, every snap we're out there, uh, bad play or good play, we just – we just got to stay focused and, and, and put it in a bag and go to the next play. So that's all it was. They, they may score, but we just got to keep going, keep it rolling. As this fourth quarter unfolded uh, as a defense, anything being said? Because you know you got a Hall of Famer on the other side of the line of scrimmage there. Right, and, and which, which is why they made some plays. So, And we know that, but you, you still got to do your technique and be focused. And at the end of the day, you, hopefully you come out on top.
Oh, yeah. Young secondary for the Buccaneers. A lot of young guys that were out there. I mean, that also contributed to the big numbers that Drew Brees put up as he threw for 439 yards. When you're playing rookies, MJ Stewart, uh, Carlton Davis that are out there in that secondary. Evans is only a second-year guy that's out there playing. Ryan Smith, a young guy. Vernon Hargrave's only a third-year guy. I mean, Conti is the grizzled veteran in the middle there for the safeties, but those young guys were flying around the ball, making play Smith the fumble recovery. Vernon Hargrave's had that strip of Gillisley, had a big bat-down of a pass later in the game, injured his shoulder on the play, but made a great diving play to bat a ball down, so there were some plays being made in the secondary uh, as well. Then I enjoyed going over to see Gerald McCoy for a couple of moments. The six-time Pro Bowler, six years in a row, savoring a road win at the Superdome. Tell me about the win first and how you guys were able to do it. Well, the ultimate goal is to get a W. Um, but uh, defensively, I got to speak on our offense, man. They held it down today, man, and they, they saved us on the defensive end, and that's what we got to do. Sometimes it's how it's going to be, man, but uh, no matter how you get the W, as long as you get it. But uh, defensively, obviously, we got to get better. But the only number that matters right now is the W, and we got one. Yes, you did. The Justin Evans play on the fumble return. From your vantage point, what did you see on that? And that's a huge momentum swing and a quick seven points. Absolutely. Uh, I was chasing backside and uh, seen the big hit. I seen the ball. I was going for the ball, but Justin, you know, that's why you got to run to the ball. Justin was running to the ball. He scooped it and ran, and he had blockers because he had two or three people chasing him, you know. So that's uh, just. This is a big effort play, you know, to force the fumble and then being around the ball is where the effort comes in and then him just finishing it. And one more real quick. You're a veteran. There are several veterans that have been around for a while on this team. There are a lot. I know you guys block it out as best you can. There are a lot of naysayers and a lot of people saying that the Bucks weren't going to be very good this year. Did it motivate you guys at all to hear that coming into an opening game? Bucks are 1-0. Period. Period. There you go. We like it. There's Gerald McCoy. McCann, it is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. I'm your somewhat capable host, TJ Reeves, just having fun reliving a 48-40 win by the Buccaneers to open up 2018 against the New Orleans Saints. Again, these interviews are courtesy of the Buccaneers Radio Network. The hashtag is Bucks Radio, and again, send along your comments all the time to me at Bucks Sideline Guy at B U C at Bucks Sideline Guy or the hashtag Bucks Radio. We'll use them. The ones that are clean, the ones that are civil, good, bad, or indifferent. You can ask questions. You can make your comments. Just keep it clean. To those different outlets, the hashtag Bucks Radio. I'll see it. I'll also see it if you tweet at me at Buck Sideline Guy B U C. All right. So a couple more in the post game aftermath because again, a lot of you may not get to hear. Some of these interviews on the post-game radio show, they'll be here all the time on Nothing But Bucks. So another guy that I wanted to talk to when this was done, Damar Dotson. Big Damar has seniority. He is the guy that has been with this team the longest, going all the way back to the 2009 season. Back for another year, Damar playing right tackle. Let's hear it. I'm giving a one-man standing O. You can't see me, but I am now on my feet. I am standing for the Buccaneer offensive line, which kept Ryan Fitzpatrick clean for the entire day. Zero sacks, and he was rarely, rarely hit. Now, there were personal fouls by the Saints in the second half by the same player, uh, David Umayana, uh got three different personal fouls, and I thought was maybe going to warrant an ejection eventually for continuing to hit the quarterback late. He'll certainly hear from the NFL league office about the second and the third time that you're roughing the quarterback, driving him to the ground, or hitting him in the head. But anyway, Jamar 
Uh, Caleb Beninock, Ryan Jensen, the new center, Ali Marpet back in at left guard next to Donovan Smith at left tackle. Tremendous game yesterday. Let's hear more from the vet, Damar Dotson. Ryan Fitzpatrick played such a great game, no sacks allowed. How did this offensive line do the job that it did to enable the playmakers to make plays? Um, just going out there and compete. I mean, I think, um, you know, Coach Warhawk kind of emphasized all week that, you know, we got to protect, you know, because if we protect, they can't hold up against our receivers. And it, and it showed out to be true. And that's, and that's, so that's what we knew. We knew if we give Fitz the time, you know, to get the ball downfield, you know, good stuff is going to happen in, in the show. So that's what he harped all week, you know, just protect, protect, protect. You know, they, they can't hold up against our receivers in the show. What about Ryan Fitzpatrick, his composure, the touch on the ball? What was it like to be on the field and in the huddle with that guy today? You know, we was having fun, man. I, man every time, you know, he throw a big bum up, you know, I'm, I'm looking back, you know, laughing with him, high five with him, man. It was it was exciting football, you know, just to watch, you know, Fitz go out and put on the performance that that, that he did, you know. Um, you know, we, it took, I, listen, we all had fun, and it was a fun game. You know, it was exciting to come into a place like this. You know, I got, you know, like 25, 30 family members up there. And it was exciting, man, just to go out there and, and, and come in this building and win. And, and I know you want to go see those family members, so go have fun with them. Congratulations on the victory. Thank you. Yeah, it was quite a day, quite a day for the Buccaneers uh, in this one and a happy head coach, Dirk Cutter. Now, remember, when Coach Cutter was the offensive coordinator in 2015 under Lovey Smith, the Bucs rolled in in the second game of the season, Jameis Winston's second game at quarterback, uh, and they defeated the New Orleans Saints that day. So that was a gratifying, satisfying win. The last two times as head coach of the Bucs, not such happy memories going into the Superdome 2016-2017 when it was all over with. Happy memories, though, after this one, after the opening day, 48-40 to win. Here is the third-year head coach. And we are with the happy head coach. 48-40 to is the final. Congratulations on the victory as you guys are able to build the large lead and win this one. What are your thoughts immediately after this one is over with? Oh, just that these guys did a marvelous job of competing. Uh, we made plays all day. Uh, a lot of different guys made plays. And, uh, you know, this is a tough place to win against an excellent football team in a, in a really tough environment. So, you know, could not be prouder of the way our guys went out there and handled themselves and competed today. And, man, it's great to be 1-0 on the road. And we're looking forward to Ray J being, being jacked up and loud uh, next Sunday. Well, it was jacked up and loud in the Superdome, and they got an early touchdown. What does it say just overall for the composure of the team, of the offense, to play the rest of the first half the way that you played it and build the lead that you did? Well, I think that was one of the biggest keys because we, we sure didn't want to fall behind here, and that's that's been our downfall in the past. And so when they went right down on that opening drive, the offensive guys were saying, hey, we got to answer right now. I think that was that was definitely that first touchdown was uh, was the key drive in the game because when we answered, that kind of put a calm back in everybody. Hey, we're okay. It's a long game. Let's keep playing. Ryan Fitzpatrick, a career-high 417 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, it was something else to watch him out there today, but you're better to speak to it than me. What did you see? Well, I saw a veteran quarterback playing without fear and really doing a great job of giving his playmakers a chance to make plays, and they made them. Uh, it, speaking of that, you were able to hit them over the top time and again. Was that something as the game wore on that you just saw and said, hey, it's there, keep going to it? Well, I, I don't want to say too much about that because, again, we, we play the Saints again. But uh, 
you know, it came up in the other room. I think I think one of the things is uh, protection is one of the biggest things there. And you know, one of our biggest worries in this building is you're you're always worried about their edge pressure because uh, the Saints can really pressure you from the edge. And if if you don't have time to throw. The rest of it doesn't matter. So uh, kudos to the O-line and also for Fitz for some key scrambles. For for example, that last one that, that iced it. Yeah, you can't say enough about that play because it enables you to kneel on the ball and win the game. Justin Evans, I mean, again, there were so many plays in this game. You go all the way back to the first half. There's a, there's a young man when the ball gets knocked out, Johnny on the spot, not just to recover it, but take it in for a big seven points. Say something about him developing as a player and that play, if you would. Well, you know, Justin. Justin was a baseball player. He was a he was a baseball player before he was a football player. So he looked like a center field center fielder scooping that fumble up and coming up to throw out a runner at home. <laughs> except he just kept running. And uh, you know, we've been we've been really high on Justin Evans. We see it in practice. And uh, we told him before the game today. Today's your day to show what kind of a player you are. And uh, in a game like that, that was that was a little bit of a track meet there in the first half. It's going to come down to turnovers, and it did. All right, and one more. I mean, how gratifying. They're all good when you win, but how gratifying, because there's a lot of people that have counted this team out, said don't don't think anything of the Buccaneers. To come in and win on the road like this against a division opponent, does it make it a little more gratifying on a Sunday evening now? You bet it does. I can't, I can't believe that people doubted us. That's, I find that so hard to believe that that ever happened. Uh, division opponent, a team that's picked very high in the NFC, and uh, a team that went a long way in the playoffs last year and a team that's really tough to beat at home, of course. I mean, that's a, that's a huge win. And we're going to enjoy it for 24 hours, and then we're going to get busy working on the Eagles. Coach, thank you. Congratulations. Thanks a lot. Oh, yeah. Gratifying, satisfying, whatever words you want to use to describe it. There were not a lot of people outside of the Buccaneer building that believed this was going to happen, but the veterans did believe, and you've kind of heard that in these post-game interviews, belief in the talent of this team, the focus that they had leading up to this game to battle on against the Saints, and haymakers were being thrown every which direction. And And here's what it comes down to. Uh, after this one is over with. We were joking about this on the sideline, my compatriots uh, on Buccaneers Radio that are down there with the field, uh, down down there uh, on the field with me all the time, uh, Kevin and Chris and Michael and Wes and all the guys that help out from a technical aspect and, and provide great audio and great sound for you on Buccaneers Radio. They kept quoting Maximus from Gladiator. Are you not entertained? Buccaneer fans. Uh, just like Russell Crowe in the 2000 movie Gladiator. Well, wait, wait, wait a minute. Better than me, here it is. Russell Crowe, Gladiator. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Yes, just like in the floor of the Coliseum with the swords and the decapitations and the blood. We had no decapitations on Sunday, but we saw a lot of footballs in the air and a lot of points. Are you not entertained by what you just saw? You should be. You should have been. Uh, I would think that you are. Man, oh man. Again, it's a Nothing But Bucks podcast. Uh, what more can you say about the jo- <laughs> 
about the job that was being done uh, by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's for sure, uh, in this one. All right, let's go over some of the historical things. I talked to you earlier in the podcast that it is the first time ever in the NFL two teams combining for 88 points where both teams had over 40 in the game, the most points. The last time was 1947, a game that the Giants won with the Redskins. I believe I have this right. 1947 football which, again, is 71 years ago. The Giants beat the Redskins 45-42 on opening day. So that one had two teams in the 40s with 87 points. This one was 48-40, to and that's 88 points with both teams over 40. Uh, the greatest opening day score fest with both teams over 40 ever. 48 points on an opening day is a record for the Bucks. 48 points is the most ever in any road game in any season ever for the Buccaneers. I mentioned for Ryan Fitzpatrick, 417 yards passing is a career high. A perfect 156.2 quarterback rating. People were doubting the 14-year vet. Don't doubt him anymore. Record-breaking day for him. And we believe this. I was consulting with a Buccaneers senior writer and insider Scott Smith last night, and he's delving into the research. We believe it is the first time ever in the long history of the Bucs that two receivers have had 140 yards or more in the same game. Mike Evans, 147 on seven catches. Deshaun Jackson, 146 on five catches. Uh, the Buccaneers have had plenty of games with two receivers with 100 yards. Hear me clearly. This is the first time we believe 140 or more from two receivers in the same Buccaneer game. So Scott's still doing the research on that. We had to tape the podcast. We'll see if that nugget holds up. It just gives you an idea of the scoring and the job uh, that was done. And, and look, I haven't even mentioned to this point. I, I'm now like, what, what are we, like 40-plus minutes into the 45 minutes into the podcast? Take as long as you want, they tell me, on nothing but bucks. Okay, I'm still going. I haven't mentioned names like Chris Godwin, for example. Godwin in this game with a leaping catch in the first half. Later, that great catch late in the first half in the corner of the end zone. Three catches, 41 yards. O.J. Howard, two catches, 54 yards, including that 35-yarder in the first half. How hard did Peyton Barber run in this game? Tough yard throughout the game between the tackles making that quick cut putting the foot in the ground again kudos to the offensive line and, and again a guy like Quan Alexander in this football game with the big strip defensive leader started making some big hits as the game went on as well um, it, it, there are numerous different names that we could continue uh, to mention over and over and over again that we're just making play after play after play for the Buccaneers on an incredible day. Again, 48 to 40 is our uh, is our final in this one. So I know you as uh, as Buccaneer fans are amped. I know it is only one game at this point. You got the Philadelphia Eagles coming in this week. Both teams at 1 and 0. The home opener at Raymond James Stadium going to be a sold out environment. It's going to be rocking for an early it's going to be hot for an early start at 1 o'clock in the East. Uh, but you should savor this, Buccaneer fans. You should enjoy this because, in the again, in the history of Buccaneer football, to, uh, to have watched this unfold and see 48 points scored on the road on an opening day, on a day in which the Saints got ahead with the loud crowd rolling at 7-0, and the Bucs scored 48 of the next 65 points to lead 48-24. Ryan Fitzpatrick, nothing short of lethal. Brilliant throwing the football, and a lot of different players contributed in this game and to this victory. 
And before we go, we asked for some Twitter comments, questions, things that you have, and some of you have responded on this day after the Bucks' historic victory. So Mike in Tampa wants to know, any news why Spence barely played? He's talking about defensive end, third-year player Noah Spence, who was active yesterday. And actually, Mike Spence was out there for a couple of plays in the second half as they were rotating defensive linemen in and out. And I believe I saw him out there on a couple of special teams plays as well. Right now, he's a reserve. He is battling for playing time and to be active. The team picks up Carl Nassib off of waivers from the Cleveland Browns, and Nassib was active and was out there early on in the game and had a great quarterback pressure, probably pretty, probably should have had a sack of Drew Brees earlier in the game. So uh, Noah right now is battling as a reserve for playing time with Nassib and with Will Golston and with others on a defensive end. Uh, several of you are asking about where the show can be heard if it's on Uh, the Apple Podcast on iTunes, or if it's on Google Play. Again, keep checking to be able to subscribe for the new episodes every week. For now, you can hear this through Buccaneers.com and the mobile app, and then you'll be able to subscribe when those are there. Uh, Todd wants to know, again, tweeting me at Guy. You can also use the hashtag BucksRadio. Todd says, hey, I think we all need to give Coach Cutter credit. He put in the pride and the ego aside and did what was best for the team, letting Todd Munkin call the plays. Most people would have been too proud to do that. You know, a lot's going to be made of that. But look, when when Coach Cutter uh, in the preseason was trying this out, I think it was part of overall game management uh, and looking at, okay, if I don't have to worry about what is the next play, what is the next play, what is the next play, I have a better feel for the clock, I have a better feel for the timeouts, for what the defense is doing, uh, adjustments that are on the fly being made, communicating with uh, the training staff and and the doctors about injuries, of which there were a couple of them yesterday. So it did run smoothly, and, uh, and look, he promoted Todd Munkin to full-time offensive coordinator and not combining with the wide receivers coach earlier in the offseason. It's all part part of the process uh, with that. Thanks for the question on that one, Todd, or at least the comment there. Um, Another one on the Twitter handle, King36 says, what is Cam Brate's role going to be moving forward? You think he slowly gets phased out with the emergence of O.J. Howard? Absolutely not, King. I think this is another guy that's a great weapon, and you have a bunch of them, and and you're going to go to different guys at different times. Certainly, how uh, in particular, Braid has been effective in the red zone and scoring touchdowns in recent years. I think that will continue. Uh, but the ball was being spread around so many different ways. It also implies to me that King may have had Cameron Braid on his fantasy team uh, for this weekend as well. So some good questions and comments. Again, keep those coming to me at Bucks Sideline Guy. Also use the hashtag Bucks Radio as we go along here as part of the Nothing But Bucks podcast. So it is one win. It's a division win as well. Buccaneers sit tied for first in the NFC South off the weekend. So a smile should be on your face, a pep in your step as this week goes on. Uh, We want to thank you for being with us as part of this inaugural edition of Nothing But Bucks. Again, subscribe through iTunes, through Google Play when it's there and available. Always find this podcast through Buccaneers.com and the Buccaneers mobile app. That's the place where you can find it. Spread the news. Rate the show. Promote the show socially. The Bucks will be doing that. I'll be doing that. Spread the word around about this podcast, Nothing But Bucks. We'll come your way after each and every Buccaneer game. 
recaps, the interviews, the highlights. We may even have some special guests as we go along. Yeah, somebody may actually want to come on the podcast and talk Buck football. I think they may be lining up if the games keep up like this to be part of Nothing But Bucks. you got one place to come to find all of that, and that is through everything we do with Buccaneers.com and Buccaneers Radio. Again, keep the tweets, the messaging coming at BucksSidelineGuy and the hashtag BucksRadio for all of the different comments and opinions uh, as we go along, questions, everything that unfolds. I had a blast on show number one. Hope you had a blast as well. Spread the word. Subscribe. iTunes, Google Play. Find it on the Buccaneers mobile app through Buccaneers.com. It is nothing but Bucks. My thanks to Jeff Ryan. My thanks to Steve Carney, who's our executive producer on Buccaneers Radio, who makes my life easy with all the highlights and with all the interviews. Tip of the hat to Mr. Carney. Great job by he. Again, Gene and Dave on the calls. Ronnie Lane and John Gilmore, great job in the studio. They'll be on with all the pregame coverage coming up this coming Sunday on 98 Rock, the home of the Buccaneers in the Tampa Bay area and the Buccaneers Radio Network, as well as Buccaneers.com and the Buccaneers mobile app. We can't wait to talk Buccaneers and Eagles. And when it's all done, we'll be back with another edition of this podcast. I'm TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with me. One of them is in the books. A win by the Bucs. 48 points in the opener. You kidding me? What a great week to be a Buccaneer fan. Thanks for being with us on the Nothing But Bucks podcast from Buccaneers Radio.